Hey rock stars, I am here with actually a really good friend of mine and, and a partner. I have invested in my friend Aaron Zucker's, was it your first investment? It was. Your first investment. Uh, I typically don't invest outside of South Florida, as many of you know. All my shopping centers, all six of them, are within 10 minutes of my house. But Aaron, uh, I've been watching him since he's, I think, about... 26, 24? Like 23. 23, I met Aaron. I'm laughing because of how ignorant I was at the time that you met me, but keep going. (laughs) And um, really been impressed with his, I don't know, how he's propelled himself through work ethic and networking in the industry, in our industry. So let me introduce you to you, Aaron Zucker from Zucker Investment Group. I'm, I'm, I'm accentuating the Zucker because I've been calling him Zucker for since I've known him. And you're now, what, 30? You're 30, 31. 31. I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> so I've known you for uh, nine years, and I've been pronouncing your name wrong. So that's not really good networking. No, I, but, but the good news is I don't care, and uh, everybody else does it anyway. So it's like one of those things where, I, you know, I, we were just talking about this before we went on. I, I really don't care what people call me as long as they... Don't call you late for dinner. Exactly. Well, like people say Azor all the time. Do they really? Azor, yeah, instead of Azor. I, I, I don't really, care either. I really would not think that your name would be Yeah, people say Azor all the time. And when I'm on podcasts, it's so funny that right before we go on the podcast, the podcast interviewer will say, now, how do you pronounce your name? And I'll say Azor, and then they'll introduce me Azor. <laughs> It's like, well, why would you ask then? I don't understand. What, what's the I, point of asking? I don't know. I think they get nervous in the interview and then they just don't pay attention. Right. But they have a lot of, of other things going on in their mind interviewing a mogul like yourself. So oh, get, exactly. A mogul. That. A mogul. So um, we are here at the ICSC OAC in Nashville. Which is totally fitting given what we're talking about. Exactly. And uh, my podcast, the Retail Leasing Playbook podcast, is taking my latest book, the Retail Leasing Playbook, (laughs) and dividing it into chapters by chapters and just offering a summary of the chapters for people that might not like to read because I'm not going to do an audio version of this book. You know why? Because nobody listened. Nobody listened to the first one. which Which is a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, hopefully that is a testament to the people finding your information, A, to be important to have, to to read physically and B to be able to go back and reference, which going back and referencing an audio book is impossible, pretty much impossible to do. Whereas in theory, your book, which was extremely well written the first time, as well as the second one, if you haven't had the chance, I'd highly recommend reading both of them, especially if you're just getting going in the leasing business in our industry, your, your book more so than others in general requires, or, or in theory should involve taking notes and saying, hey, this is applicable to my business, which you can't do it in audio, an unaudible right. version. So. Yeah, we had, we had so much demand to go audio on the first book, which is Don't Say No for the Prospect. So, you know, customer, customer demand, they said, please do audio. I did it. You know, it takes three days. Oh. It's, it's, th- it's hundreds and thousands of dollars. Hundreds, I'm, maybe I'm not crazy. thousands, but hundreds. And then to have Josie, you know, my director of operations, tell me about a month ago, by the way, <laughs> you know how many audios you've sold? And I'm like, no, you know, I sold 400 copies of the first book in a year. I've already sold 500 copies in the last two months of the second book. Wow. 
So that's pretty impressive, right? I would agree. And um, I said, well, how many? You know, like 100, 200, 600, seven. <laughs> I canceled the audio studio appointment for book two. I don't blame you. And it, it, that's, that's disappointing to hear. But uh, again, my, my hope is that people are reverting back to the physical copy. And, and again, like your book is a, like, your, your book is not like, I'm going to read this and become motivated. Which, oh, bless me, you. I have to sneeze and it's not coming out, which is <laughs> hilarious for a podcast. But anyway, so um, your book is is it, it is inspirational, but that's a byproduct. The book is really, hey, you read this and you apply it to what you do. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful that that's I, why people didn't buy the audio. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. My, but I, I, I also have never listened to an audio book. I've maybe listened to like one or two, and it certainly hasn't been since I rededicated or I guess what's called initially dedicated to really reading. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big reader, as you know, and I need the physical copy of the book. So I've just finished uh, Living with a Seal that I've been okay. promoting all over social. I, and I went through withdrawals after I finished. Audio, I listened to the audio. Okay. And, um, and I was going through so much withdrawals after, him, after finishing that book that then I launched right into Living with the Monks, and I finished that. So now I'm going through Jesse Itzler withdrawals because I really enjoyed listening wow. to both of those books. That's a sign of a good book when you miss reading it. When you, I, I miss the voice. And I've been in the gym more than ever because if you are listening and you are a workout person or especially a runner, read Living with the Seal and follow him on Instagram. He is the most inspirational person. I just love him. But anyway, let's get to the point because we've got a session to go to. We do. Right? Okay. We do. So as I said... The purpose of this podcast uh, audience is to go chapter by chapter. Sometimes if the chapters are short and, you know, I'll do three chapters. Uh, This chapter is a pretty meaty chapter. It's chapter 19 and the title is Fish Where the Fish Are Biting in parentheses at industry events. And I've invited uh, people who I know and, and, and even those of you that I don't know, if you read a chapter and you feel that it hits home in any way and would like to come on the podcast and share your opinions, you know, my tips and ideas, how those tips and ideas have worked for you in the past, love to have you on the podcast. And that's what Aaron's going to do today. He's going to talk about some of the tips that I have in chapter 19 about networking at industry conferences. So uh, you read the three or four chapters of this, uh, three or four pages of this chapter. Um, share maybe some stories about your experiences at, you know, at our, our conference, our main conference is ICSE. Sure. But we go to others too, Retail Live, you know, some other conferences. We've been to um, Agent 2021, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's social media conference. So can you just tell our audience about some of the ideas that you read about in the chapter, but probably you know, we talked about years ago. Sure. So the biggest thing I would start with, and, and this is going to be really riveting information, uh, and, I, and I apologize I'm for not I'm holding onto my chair. Yeah, exactly. You need to go. <laughs> so that you, you need to be there, and I, and I really think that's more than half the battle. So I have, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to where, and, and it was really a, as a result of being, when I was with Peb, when it's carried over into, into when I started Zig, is... I've been able to do deals all over the country. And what that's yielded for me is relationships all over the country, especially in the Midwest, the Southeast, uh, the Mid-Atlantic, all the way down to Texas. Uh, and, and I've 
and I'm doing everything I can to expand my network as far west as I can go. The sneeze is going to come at some point. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And if you, the the biggest battle that people have is by being there. Finally came out. All right, good. Now we can actually be on. And so, like, I have friends that are brokers in Atlanta, for example, and I've been talking to them a lot. They're great leasing brokers, and they've really done very well in the Atlanta, Alabama, Mississippi markets. And I give them a lot of credit because they reached out to me and said, hey, you go to a lot of these things. Is it worthwhile? And and they're biting the bullet and doing something that makes them feel uncomfortable and coming to the Charlotte ICSC. And they're considering going down to Retail Live in Orlando. And so they're, they're going outside of their comfort zone where they know people and going out to these conferences that they haven't been to and that they don't know very many people. And they're taking to the few people that they do know and leveraging them and saying, hey, who can you introduce me to? Because That's a warm right. introduction in this business is everything, right? Absolutely. And, and I would tell you that that warm introduction can come via just being there and being at conferences. I think the likelihood, so like for example, last night I was with a friend of mine, uh, Kevin Kosh over at PMAD, mm-hmm. who I know you know, and he owns open air shopping centers throughout the country, but with a strong concentration in the Midwest. And Wade Laufenberg, who's the VP of real estate over at Bells and Bricks Outlet, was walking by and he's like, hey, do you know Wade? And he's like, no, actually I don't. And they're, they're doing a deal right now. And Wade and Kevin had the opportunity to meet. And I was, uh, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to connect those two because who knows what that'll lead for me at some point. I, I don't know what the result is. I don't need the immediate gratification, which is something worth heading on as well for, for purposes of this discussion. And I don't know if Kevin called me and said, hey, can you give me an introduction to Wade? And I, I'm willing to do it. Not everybody is, for A. And B, if I did give Kevin that introduction to Wade, it's going to come over email and Wade is a busy retailer. I know you, I'm looking at your no email bass pen. Mm-hmm. Wade's got a lot going on in his life mm-hmm. to be able to just pull Wade aside in person and say, Hey, meet my friend, Kevin. Right. Invaluable. I, I don't know how you put. And a, you're not, let me just interject. So you're not looking for a payday on this. No, like of course not. A check. No, of right. course Cause, not. Cause that's short term thinking. Correct. You're looking for the long-term karma return, maybe in some other area, not even with them. So, exactly. Right? So, so like my, yeah. my friend in Atlanta that I was just citing a few minutes ago, Matt Rodenstrike with Colliers, he's a, he's a phenomenal tenant rep broker in Atlanta who happens to be a fraternity brother of mine, great friend. And he's the one who's branching out. And, and I am so willing and able to help him because he's going outside of his comfort zone. And I'm also willing to do that because he's performed – on an introduction that I've made in the past. So like he represents Planet Fitness in that market, a franchisee who's got 32 stores, who was a friend of mine that I met through somebody else at a trade show as I think about that and say it out loud. So like ding, 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 if this right. isn't hammering the point home, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh, and, and Matt has since picked up that business uh, a little bit because of my introduction, but more because of, of his great work. Like he, you, have to, you have to execute. I mean, that's right. that's, that if you don't execute, it doesn't matter who you know. So uh, how many conferences um, have you been to, let's say, in the last 12 months? It's, it's so, this recording is the end of February. So when did you go out on your own? December of 2018. Okay, so for the first year of Zig, yeah. how, many con- how many conferences did you attend, do you know? Probably eight. And how, did you do more or less when you were with PEB? 
or or uh, Philip Sedison or DLC? Less. I actually did less. You did less. I did a bunch with Peb because our portfolio commanded that. I was in a unique position with Peb because the portfolio was nationwide, but the leasing team was two of us. Right. So, or three of us, excuse me. And so that was put me in a unique position to where I was going to a lot of the regional ICSEs. Now, but Peb was paying for you to do that. Yep. Now you're Zig. Yep. And you're paying. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Zig's right. paying for it, but I'm Zig. So right. Yes. You're Zig. And so for those people listening, if maybe they work for a firm that doesn't send them, maybe you know they have to pay for it on their own. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't go to twenty, but they should pick and choose and go to some, sure. even if their company doesn't pay for them, because aren't they the CEO of their future? Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, you're, you're teeing up that question in a way that there's no way, other way to respond. But, but to Beth's point, yes, you, you have to be there. And I, I will tell you, like Scott Bitney out of St. Louis, you'll find him at the ICSE Texas show in Atlanta. And Shop Talk. Yeah, Shop Talk in Las Vegas, which I know you ran into him there last year. He and told me to go. He said, you got to go. And right. I went. Right. And I, it was amazing. Sure. And so now you'll always resonate. You'll always have a certain emotional attachment to Scott because Scott turned you on to something that you wouldn't otherwise have done. Exactly. And, and now Scott's forever embedded into your mind. And the intri- look, I, I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know how many new deals you're going to get done because of that. I don't know how much money you're going to make because of that. But, but attention is the new currency. Exactly. And, and if, if people don't know you, they can't flow you, as Grant Cardone says. Exactly. And, and, so, and I've noticed it, like, the, again, reverting back to my friends at Colliers in Atlanta, who are considering going going to different shows, Heather Heather Hargraves and Matt Rodenstrike there and, and, and Lane and some other people, they're like, hey, like, should I go there? And I can tell you other people in their market that have gone across the country and attended these shows, and I'm like, it, it's resonated with me as a developer investor, like, hey, like I saw the people from the SRS office and the Atlanta office at the Chicago ICSE, at the Charlotte ICSE. Right. And the fact that I noticed that they were there Again, no idea how those people make direct. If you're looking for an immediate ROI in the conference, like you shouldn't go. And, that, and even if the conference is 10 minutes from your house. And it, but, but, but so to that point, there are people that go to shows and don't do any planning and walk around with people they know and then leave the show and wonder why it wasn't as productive. That's a schmuck move. Okay, so let's talk about now. So now I think we've convinced the audience, get off your butt and go to a show. Sure. Now, what do you do before the show, Sure. during the show, and after the show? Let's talk about some of the tips in the chapter. So you need to go through the list. What list? So ICSE's prime example, they have the attendee list right on the website. So to say it's not accessible is absurd. Go through the list. and. 90% of the shows, you can go through the list pretty quickly. And with an intimidating show like Vegas, which is is overwhelming for somebody like you and I, because right. it's not like we have no. 15 right. counterparts across the country going through the list. You can actually filter it on ICSC's website by company. Right, that's what I do. Yeah, you got to do that for Vegas. I mean, to go I do it for this show, I, you know, for OAC. I did it by company because I'll know, like, okay, Bell's Outlet or Bed Bath & Beyond, there's five guys. Okay, okay, I want to speak to Seth while I'm there. Sure. Or 
Philip Sedison. Okay, there's 15 guys. Well, I want to talk to Ron Myers. Like, you know, it, it's way better to filter it by company. But, but even this show, well, you say that, and, and, and that might be a strategy. I would, I would argue the contrarian, too. Like, I went through it by individual for this one. There's only 600 people going, and it's seven pages on ICSE. It, it takes, if you time block... 15 minutes to a half hour you can just write down who you want to hit and yeah. it's pr- very straightforward to execute on so so go through the list and yep. then what do you do with why do you do that well i mean very obvious and straightforward right who do i want to meet with who do i want to be in touch of to and touch do you reach out to them in advance for meetings sure sure and this show this show is actually a great example and i had to hear no a lot because i'm and and or not let me rephrase I had to not get calls back a lot, but the people at this show are, they're a big deal. I mean, let's call it like it is. You got the CEO of XYZ REIT, publicly traded on the stock exchange. You have the you know, chief development officer, not just the real estate manager of XYZ retailer. Mm-hmm. You're going, you're not, you're not gonna get a call back from everybody. And what I would tell everybody who's listening to this is don't get discouraged by that. There's, there's, there's 600 people attending this show. There's 40,000 people who attend Vegas. You can't meet all of them. No matter, or and all you need is one or two good meetings, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that justifies it. Like people like I only got seven meetings for Vegas. I'm like you just need one good one. Right. But last year at this show, I reached out to Mike Mackinnon from Site Centers on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and I got an email back. I mean a, a LinkedIn message back from Mike. We met at this show last year, and within four months, I was speaking to his company in Atlanta in front of 60 people reached out to him on LinkedIn before this show and met with him at this show. I didn't know him. Right. And, and, but like, and the, the message that needs to be conveyed from this conversation, because I'm, I'm thinking if I'm a pessimist right now, or I'm thinking like about the people that are skeptical, uh, skeptical about the message that we're sharing is, well, Beth, you're well known and you're a speaker. That's that, that concept he, he, applies to anything that goes with this show. Right. I didn't know him and I don't think he knew me. Right. So, I mean, there are people I don't know. And there are people, look, I spoke at the New York CSE and I asked the audience, there were 300 people in the room. How many have never, don't know who I am? 80% of the room raised their hand. That's humbling. And, yeah, but it's great because it, for me, I see that as opportunity, okay? Because I'm the glass half full, right? Correct. And then I went, I spoke at Retail Live at, at, in Phoenix two weeks ago. There were 300 people. How many people have, don't know who I am? Ninety percent. Sure, sure. Which, but which, they knew me after this, after the talk. Right, of course they did, and <laughs> and 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 again, like you having the platform to speak is, is a huge part of that. But, but you know how individuals but, can have that platform. Anybody. Do you know how? At conferences. What do you mean? How can you get a platform at a conference without speaking? You did it yesterday. Leading a roundtable. What else? I'm, I'm, I'm missing the... Asking a question. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good one. So this morning on LinkedIn, Adam Lipkin wrote a whole post on this and I about going to a conference, standing up, introducing yourself, and asking a smart question, right? Right. Uh, not commenting and trying to use it as a pulpit, but at, you, know, and you need to have an intelligent question. I pretty much try to do that with every, if not every panel... Most right. panels. And I'm in the red jacket and I'm always in the front of the room. Right. And it gets to the point where they start to know, the, oh, Beth, you have a question, you know, which is awesome. Sure. But, you know, ask a question. Ask a question. Is and great introduce advice. yourself. That's great advice. Hi, and you did that yesterday. 
I, I don't, did I? Yeah, you stood up. I think you, I'm pretty sure you said, I'm Aaron Zucker, yep. Zig Investment, and you asked a question to one of the panelists, and I was like, good job. Oh, yeah, I, I did, actually. I, I asked one, well, I'm, I'm actually getting confused because I asked multiple questions, and I think that, I think that's easy for people like you and I because we're natural extroverts, and I think there's introverts out there that are listening, and so... Well, so let's talk to those people. So one of my tips for the introverts is when you go to a conference, walk up to a person who's standing alone. Love that tip. I've used it <laughs> multiple times in my career. Because you save them. Yes. The guy standing alone is feeling awkward. He's feeling uncomfortable. And you save him. Correct. I did that in IC at an... Vegas ICSE, I was at a foundation event. I didn't really know that many people. I was kind of bored. I go up to a guy standing alone. We start talking. He didn't have his name tag on. Like 15 minutes in, I said, oh, by the way, I'm Beth, and I'm from South Florida. We're, you know, who are you? And he was the CEO of Great Clips. It's <laughs> yeah. like, yes. That's, that's a good one. It was a good one. I've done a deal that way. Yeah. So I leased a 21,000 square foot vacancy that way. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I great. Met, I was at the ICSE conference in Chicago at a cocktail party, and I just saw someone. I, the name tag looked quasi-familiar. I went up to them. They were having a drink. They, they just ordered a drink and were standing alone, and I went up and said hello, and we got Planet Fitness to relocate from down the street from a shopping center in a center that was really troubled uh, in, in Davenport, Iowa, because I just went up and said hello. Peb executed on the deal after I left, but I basically teed it up for them on my way out the door. There you go. Just by saying hello to someone that was standing on their own. Exactly. So register, look at the registration in advance, reach out to people. I think reaching out on LinkedIn is way better than email. Yeah, I've, I've, I've found that too. In, in, in hindsight, I probably should have done that a little bit better than I did with this going into this conference. But now you can for Vegas, right? Sure. Um, and then uh, how about saving some time you know, without appointments. What do you think about that? Look, I mean, and, and for people who are looking to break into the industry, you might struggle to fill in your schedule as it is anyway. Right. So what better way to turn that negative connotation with, oh, no, I don't have that many appointments into a positive. Right. You never know who you're going to meet. I know guys, I know investment sales brokers, um, good buddy of mine out, out, out in LA who moves a ton of real estate. And he does not book, like he books very few appointments. He gets a ton of value out of shooting the breeze, saying hello to people he does know and getting introductions. And he's like, yeah, that's, it's inherently become my strategy and it's worked for him. Right. And, and I also say if you're new. I'm not recommending that, by the way. Right. No, if, you if you're new in the business, that's not what I Try to get some appointments. But I think that also going to the education, educational offerings that the conferences have, like a lot of times I get frustrated and in the past when I've had teams where I've been in listening to, you know, like yesterday, the Blackstone Economist, which is fascinating. I'm learning something all the time. I'm sitting next to and around people I don't know that I'm introducing myself to mm -hmm. or they're introducing themselves to me. And then I come out and I see maybe one of my team members hanging with three of my other team members, and they're out in the hallway talking to people they I, know. I can see the smoke coming out of your ears. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't do that, people. So, so don't hang with people you know. That's not why you spent the money. That's not why your company spent the money to send you. Or the time, for that matter. Right. And that's, that's when going to a conference is not productive. Correct. And if you are an introvert, then just go to the sessions. And again, just introduce yourself to the person next to you. Or just, if, even if you're too shy to do that, which in our industry... I don't know why you're in the industry if you are, Correct. but go and learn and then maybe comment 
to the person next to you, oh, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's great opportunities to meet people like in the buffet line at, at during lunch or whatever it may be. Like all those people are anybody who's isolated. It's a it's a great opportunity to meet them, and you never know who you're going to meet. And frankly, I agree with you to your point. If you're not great with someone one on one, and you're not great in a more public type setting, you're you're probably in the wrong business. You might be. Um, what do you think about dinners? You know, when you're new. You don't, the newbies don't really get invited to dinners, right? Sure. The, the vets are with like the Bell's Outlet guys, right? So I st- still, I, I don't love dinners. I, I, in fact, I was excluded from so many dinners that I, I still don't go to them. And I get invited to them. And to me, I don't think it's a great return on my time at conferences to spend three hours sitting next to the same person. And talk. There's only so much I can talk to you about. Right. And, and so now... That being said, not going to a big long dinner doesn't mean you should be spending time in the hotel room. That's right. ridiculous. Right. You should be bouncing around to as many cocktail parties as you can. You should be introducing yourselves and, and a lot of impromptu grid meetings happen by being everywhere right. and figuring out where those networking parties are. And, and I'm going to give everybody a, a, a secret that's going to make some marketing people out there, for, especially for the brokerage shops, pretty upset. But i got news for you. The parties that you don't get invited to, they're not really that exclusive. Like, right. You if can, you, if you, you can have a show little bit of, go. yeah, you can show up and go. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm, I agree that sometimes the three hour dinners are not productive, but sometimes they are. And if everyone's going to dinner, and I, I do worry that that newbie is going, what they are going to do is go in their room. That's, okay. that is, that so, is unacceptable. So I want them to pair up with someone and either party hop and pair up, hang out in lobbies, the lobbies, right? Yeah. Don't over drink, but maybe create your own dinner. Like there's a lot of rookies out there. You know, we know, we have a very good friend, Natalie champion Batisti. Yeah. And early on in her career, she reached out to me. She goes, what are you doing for dinner Monday night at the Orlando ICS? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I've got a dinner. She goes, everyone has dinners. I didn't get invited to any dinners. I'm too new. Right. And the next thing you know, I said, I didn't give her any advice. I said, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> About a week later, she calls and she goes, ha ha. I solved my problem with the dinner. I go, what? She goes, I created my own dinner. I have 40 people going to dinner that no one that didn't have plans to go to dinner. Now they have plans. So she coordinated the uncoordinated. I love it. And everyone knew her, who she was because she coordinated the dinner and she saved those people from being in their rooms that night. Which is, which, and I'm laughing because you know that is you know her, Natalie. right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's Natalie's, yeah, she creates her own sandbox if, if she doesn't like the one that's being offered to her. So th- there's, there's other ways, there, there's so many ways to get creative. You know, I, I would say the other, the other advice that I would give that, doesn't necessarily fit for everybody, but I think it's one of those things where short-term pain for long-term gain really applies is you can sleep when you're dead. Like, say yes to everything. Say yes to going to the conference in general, which is the biggest part of it, and that's more than half the battle. But if, you, if and when you do show up, go to, to oversubscribe to cocktail parties. Just figure it out, bounce around. Oversubscribe, go to two dinners. Go to the late night parties. Stay out until if, if look if there's a retailer or a broker or somebody that you're trying to schmooze and wants to spend time with, and they want to you know they're interested in in going to you know the old Las Vegas you know like local part of town in Vegas, or they want to you know hit Disney World in Orlando if you're at the, the Florida show or whatever it may be. You you can sleep later. Like go out yeah. until one in the morning if you need to, and get up for, at seven thirty a.m. for coffee for that meeting. Like. 
like over, like like go really hard for that two or three days and and rest when you get back home. Right. Well, and I think resting in advance. If you want to party, stay after and party after. Like I've known friends and young people that have gone to Vegas early to party and then sure. they're wiped for the show. You know, there's there for us Florida and Vegas are huge shows, sure. right? Or and, or not maybe not Florida for you anymore. But I always tell people, you know, s- sleep up you know, hydrate, get ready. This is our Super Bowl. And then party afterwards, right? Right. But but over, I I believe in, you know, a coffee in the morning, meetings, a lunch, maybe two lunches, an afternoon coffee, meetings in between, dinners, cocktail parties. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's go time. It's go time. You got to maximize your time there. And and look, if you resonate with people and and the person that you're, you get the vibe that the person that you're smoozing wants to go out for drinks, I, I would tell you to do it. Do right. it within moderation. Right. Do it strategically. Be careful. You, you Don't know. wear the lampshade. I, unfortunately, in 34 years, have worn the lampshade one or two times. Yeah. I, and I will live to regret it. So it, don't do that. No, you don't want to do that. But, and look, and maybe maybe you create the illusion that you're out partying and uh, you order a, a water that looks like vodka and you put a lemon and a lime in it and it looks like a drink, but really you're just hydrating and getting ready for the next day. Um, there, there's, there's certain tricks that are out there that, that you can do that, um, create the illusion that you're out there and, and everywhere Being all the cool. time. Right. Yeah. So let's wrap up cause we're running out of time. I like to keep this short and sweet for the audience. Uh, the conference, you're now at the airport getting ready to get on a plane to go home. Yep. So you're done, right? No. Okay. You're not done. <laughs> I, I ran into a broker from Charlotte on the way here. He was flying to San Diego. He was three gates down for me. And then I ran into two more investment sales brokers on the plane. And then I ran into a leasing broker as soon as I got off the plane. And that's just for this conference with only 600 people. And there's, you know, it's not like it's a Charlotte driven conference. It's a national conference. So. So how do you keep it going? on the way home or when you get home? As far as follow-up? Yeah. Oh, you, I mean, you have to write handwritten notes. You have to email. I, I, I think I, I like the plane and, 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 I, and I get it. You're tired. You've been, all you've been doing is talking to people and schmoozing and working and, and busting your butt for the last however many days it's been. But the one thing I like about the plane is you can't get a phone call. And so you're able to do administrative work and, and, and I like doing the handwritten notes on the plane because there's no interruptions associated right. with it and you don't have to talk during handwritten notes. You can you can be in silence and yeah, your yeah. hand may cramp a little bit after banging out, you know, ten or fifteen or however many handwritten notes on a two hour flight, whatever it may be, but you've knocked them out because I know when you get back you have a gazillion emails to catch up to. There's so much follow up to do via phone calls and getting back to your the, the nuances of your day to day job. So you're doing it quickly. You're doing it at a time that's uninterrupted. And you're doing it at a time where you're actually capable of doing it, which, you know. And you have, and your memory's still there versus getting back, getting interrupted. What was, what, what did we talk about at that meeting? And yeah, my last, last year in Vegas, I sat next to two guys, you know, one was sleeping, one was watching a movie and I literally knocked out about 80 thank you notes. I, I worked the, and then I put them all in my CRM and I worked for that whole six hour flight from Vegas and we landed and they looked at me and they said, oh, now we know. <laughs> I now I, we know. I love I love airplane time because I get I get solidarity, I get to read, I get to you know do things that like thank you notes that are 
often pushed to the back burner in the office. And so you got to maximize your time. You know, it's funny. I posted something on LinkedIn like a year or two ago that got a lot of traction. And it's, and, and if you look through the people that are flying in first class are working. Oh, for sure. And the people that are sitting in the back of the plane are playing games on their phone. Right. So I, yeah. Right. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Aaron and his feedback on my book, The Retail Leasing Playbook. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and tell others. And Aaron, thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm humbled to be on. Thank you. Uh, If you haven't bought the book yet, what are you doing? Buy it. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And for those of you who, uh, for some reason, have been under a rock and haven't been able to connect with Beth on LinkedIn or, or follow her on social media, I'd highly recommend doing it. She's got the best fundamentals. And I can tell you, as a direct result of my career, I have made uh, I made a lot of money in leasing just by practicing what she was preaching. And sometimes the advice that you give is is like it's like oh aha like that's not overly complicated, but you have to go out and do the work associated with it. And I'm just so thankful that someone out there, someone like yourself, is out there preaching that message. And uh, I would I would highly encourage all of you to follow Beth and and, and do whatever you can. She's super approachable and, and reach out and. Thank you. And and just keep crushing it. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.